All right. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, I am so excited to welcome you to the third episode of the Gather Omaha podcast. My name is Micah Yost, and I will be your host and guide for this podcast. The Gather Omaha podcast is brought to you by Aromas Coffee House. And we're just so thrilled to offer this platform and this opportunity for some of the people in Omaha, some of the great people in Omaha to talk about the things that they're doing for our community. The goal here is perspective. Uh, The goal here is to offer you an opportunity to see Omaha uh, from a different perspective than maybe you see it throughout your typical day. Uh, We want you to hear about the great things that are happening and hear from these great people how they view our community and why they're doing the things that they're doing. So that's our goal. And we've just had an awesome time uh, in the first two episodes hearing about some great community development things happening here in Omaha, as well as some great things with the library. That's been a lot of fun and just some amazing people that have helped us kick this thing off. And uh, I'm super excited for this third episode uh, where I had the opportunity to sit down with Julian Young, uh, again, at our Aromas Benson location in front of a live audience. And uh, I just asked him a few questions about some of the awesome things that he's doing at Omaha. I think many people recognize Julian as one of the great young rising leaders in the Omaha community. Uh, Julian is doing great things through the Start Center, uh, helping people start their own businesses and become entrepreneurs and coaching them on that. Uh, Julian is a great author and is writing a lot of books. And I encourage you to check out Julian's books on Amazon because uh, they're so encouraging. They will inspire you to do more. Uh, Often I read uh, books on the subjects that, that Julian writes on and I feel more guilted into doing more with my life. But if you read Julian's books, uh, just like it is when you talk to Julian, you'll be inspired to do more. Uh, Julian is the type of person that uh, helps you realize your potential. And I think that's why he does so well with the Start Center. And I think that's why he uh, could potentially do so well in the legislature. And I just really enjoyed having the opportunity to talk to him about all of those things. So I I hope it's as, as inspiring for you as it was for me. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and uh, sit down and take an opportunity to listen to this awesome interview that we had together uh, at our Aromas Benson location. There's some great questions at the end as well from the people that were able to join us for the live recording. And hopefully uh, you'll be able to join us for our next uh, podcast session at Aromas Benson in September. So here you are, the third episode of the Gather Omaha podcast with my friend Julian Young. But as many of you know, we call this the Gather Omaha podcast. Uh, so we record this live here uh, with a handful of our best friends, which is all of you, uh, which gives us an opportunity to get a little interaction, a little bit of a live audience for this. And then we uh, podcast it out a couple of days later. It's uh, on iTunes. It's on our website, uh, aromasbliss.com slash gatheromaha. So you can catch it uh, all there and tell your friends. And uh, we've had a fun time doing this. This is our third episode. And uh, the goal of the podcast is just to provide some different perspectives on the Omaha area. There's a lot of great things going on in Omaha, and we wanted to create something that uh, just give a platform for people to kind of share their perspective on our city from where they sit, right? Because we all have our own areas where uh, we work and where we live, and we kind of get our own perspective and our own view on our city and what's going on. And so we wanted to kind of just give a platform for other people to sit up here and talk about their perspective and what they're working on and and how uh, they view our city. Uh, And that's been a lot of fun. We've had some community development panels. We talked to the Omaha uh, Library and the Library Foundation last week, which was a lot of fun. And so tonight we get the opportunity to talk to the one and only Julian Young, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, We're going to talk 
to Julian about uh, some of his story and some of the cool things uh, he's working on tonight. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's, let's jump into that a little bit. So uh, Julian, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Thanks <laughs> for having me. Uh, so a lot of us know you, a lot of us listening to this will know you from things like the Start Center or maybe uh, some of the books that you've written. Uh, but I think you have a compelling story that has led up to all of that, right? I think if we all know you just from that, we're missing kind of a big part of your story. So could you kind of just fill us in a little bit on, on kind of your background and what got you to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I kind of grew up, you know, regular like any other kid. I think regular until certain challenges started to present themselves uh, when I was young. My family, my brothers, my sisters, our parents went through a really, really intense divorce. And I think as you get older, you realize how much that impacts you, but early on, you don't know what's happening. And I think it, it just kind of split, split us all. I think, and for me, uh, I really struggled with uh, value, with self-esteem. And so that kind of kind of led me to uh, being vulnerable, vulnerable to, to being bullied. I was vulnerable to uh, probably trusting people a little bit too much uh, and putting myself in situations where I was constantly going through rejection, constantly being rejected. And so it was tough for me growing up to really uh, understand uh, words like I love you or to understand things like you have value or you have importance. In fact, I talk about it so much. Uh, in all my books, I talk about really valuing yourself, I think, because that's probably one of the greatest struggles I had growing up. Uh, but, you know, uh, that probably set the path. Uh, somewhere along the way, my internal compass got misdirected, right? And I started to uh, make decisions that was putting me on a pathway to destiny that was extremely destructive. And so um, one of those things is that... Uh, as, we, as I got older and um, being in certain environments and uh, seeing different ways to make money and things like that, uh, uh, me and my siblings got into the drug trade. We got into drug dealing. And I think that's one of the things that when you talk about the story that people mostly hear about and they know about, and I think sometimes um, if you've never known anyone who's been in that lifestyle or you've ever encountered that, you kind of wonder, you know, what on earth and how on earth, you know? Uh, but it was, um, you know, an intense time in our life and a uh, very challenging time. But I think what set the stage for all that was just a lot of um, critical issues growing up, you know? So that's pretty much what kind of set the stage for me, being in a situation where um, I had uh, burned all relationship bridges to the ground, I was in a position where I was looking at a lot of time in jail, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I just was at a place where my back was totally against the wall where I had hit rock bottom. And that was a point in my life where I had to make a decision to turn things around, and I did. Um, and as a result, uh, 10 years later, I'm, I'm, I'm here today able to tell the story uh, as a result of making that decision. And what was that around college age? That you yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Right, right as I turned 20, actually, uh, is when uh, things kind of came to a head for me. Okay. And so as a result of that, I had to, um, I had set myself a little back a little bit, but I had to make the decision to embrace my, you know, take responsibility, embrace my challenges that were ahead, and 
and go for it. So, what was it that brought you? Like, what was the the crux of that whole thing? At, at what point did you decide? You know, got to turn this around. And what was it that brought you to that point? Yeah, um, I think people refer to that as the the visceral moment where you actually like at what point because change happens in an instance right right um there's in a moment i don't want to say instance but in a moment the transition is the thing that takes time but you know that prior year i had been in transition not because i wanted to be because i (laughs) i had to to stay out of trouble so i had to quit drinking i had to stop going out a lot i had to stop uh, doing drugs, you know, I had to stop getting high. I had to stop doing a lot of things that I liked doing because if I didn't, if I failed one more, you know, UA, if I made one more mistake and had one more probation, I had, I had eight probation violations. And, and, you know, only God knows how I wasn't already in jail after violating my probation eight times. Uh, but if I had made one little small more mistake, so I, I'd been in this kind of this detoxing type of transition leading up to that time. Uh, but when I found myself in the position where it seemed like it wasn't gonna make a difference, it wasn't going to change anything, I realized that I had to fully commit. Cause I had fully committed, right? Just doing what I had to do, you know what I'm saying? But I had to fully commit in that. That was like, it was just like one evening, one night, um, you know, in, in the midst of doing some, doing some things I probably shouldn't have been doing, getting ready to do some things I didn't need to be doing. Uh, I had a moment. Of, uh, of enlightenment at a moment where I felt God spoke to my heart and just said, hey, this is the end of the road for you. Uh, you've got to make a change. You've got to move now. And so that's, you know, that's, uh, that's the moment. In that moment, in that moment, about three o'clock in the morning, we stopped everything we were doing and I just totally walked out of the room and I got on the phone and I called my father and I said, hey, look. And I hadn't, like my dad and I had not had a relationship for years. Okay. Like we had talked, but hardly and barely, right? And I, he was the first person I called. I called him in that moment and said, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on, but I, I've got to make this change. And I better do it right now because I'll probably wake up tomorrow morning and I might not feel like doing it. So that was that moment. So change is hard, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Trans- yeah but so you talk about like change in the moment, but then the, the transition mm-hmm. is, is hard, right? Because mm-hmm. it seems like it's, the, it's continual decisions. Like, I mean, you make the decision once, like, hey, I should change, but then all of a sudden you've got to start actually changing mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you do that with your life? How did that work for you? Like, how did you go about the discipline or mm-hmm. have the drive to actually make the changes in your life? Yeah, um, I think, like you said, change, change is what happens in that moment, but the transition is the process or a turnaround. Yeah. And every turnaround kind of starts with a turning point. So you kind of have to know your turning point. You got to know where you are. I think it's just total acceptance with where you are, uh, whatever your challenges are, whatever your past is, looking that in, in the face and saying, this is me. This is my life. This is exactly where I am. Here's what I'm going, here's what I'm up against. Okay, now let's take it one step at a time, right? You can't, you can't, you cannot, you can change in the moment. Things can change in a moment, but you cannot change everything about yourself in a moment. Yeah. 
And so when you make the decision to clarify, to be honest, be clear about exactly where you are, what the challenges are up ahead, and then uh, you take that step of faith, that leap of faith, you take that step of courage to say, one day at a time, I'm going to move in the right direction and see what destiny has in store for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that happened and you, and you started your transition and, and I've read some of your story in your books. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of interested to know uh, wh- where did the writing come from and, and how did that all start? It, you know, was that, <laughs> did that kind of come out, uh, out of all of that? Or did you just kind of wake up again one morning at 3 a.m. and you're like, yeah, now I should write a book or how, yeah, how did that, that happen? The writing... The writing is the, is the, is the, I still, I still can't believe that I'm a writer. Let me say that. <laughs> I was laughing because earlier before we started to do the show, you said, I, uh, someone was asking you, you said, oh yeah, I read. And someone said, oh, you read two or three books a night? You said, oh no, uh, I try to do it per week. And I thought, God, Lee, um, I, I, was, I hate, I hate reading. <laughs> I like writing the books, but I don't like reading them. And, uh. Which is an interesting dynamic because I think one time I heard someone say that if you're called to write books, you'll like writing them, but you probably won't like reading them that much. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the weird thing about, about discovering my ability to write books is that I had this huge mental barrier, like this dark cloud over my head in, with anything that came to education, anything that came to literacy or learning. Yeah. I felt so inferior to people. I mean, I felt so inferior when it came to learning and education. Um, one of the things I didn't want to do when I turned my life around was get back into college. Okay. Because I'd been kicked out twice. Okay. And uh, I tell you what, I did not want to go back because I felt inferior to my peers. And the, and the reason I felt that way, I have to, I have to tell this backstory in yeah. order to answer your question. The reason I felt that way is because growing up, um, I... Teachers didn't realize that I was an entrepreneur, right? I think I used to get into trouble all the time, and one of the biggest issues was uh, that I talked too much. So, um, but I had these weird creative talents and gifts that didn't fit into a one-size-fits-all uniform education system. And as a result, as a result, I ended up going through school, getting being being told crazy stuff. You need to hold him back a grade, or um, he has a, he has ADD, or being placed on like medications like Ritalin and stuff like like crazy stuff. These crazy diagnoses from people that didn't understand. I learned different. So the the fact that people thought that there was something with my learning, it inhibited my ability to believe that I could that I was smart let alone write a book. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so within me was the ability to write a book and I, I discovered it through, through the process uh, of discovering who I was, trying yeah. different things. Uh, but I think it's, it's interesting that I turned out to be a writer when so much of the things in my childhood would have seemed like it dictated otherwise. What's been your favorite thing about that process of writing? Sure. Like what is it? for you or, or what's, what's been the best part about that? The f- my favorite thing about the, the process of writing is the, the absolute utter uh, solace and fulfillment that I get when I'm writing. It's the zone that I'm in. I am so in touch 
with who I am. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm writing, I can hear the words coming out yeah. of me as I write them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean once I read it back to myself, it always sounds good. Right, right. <laughs> but I can hear, the, I'm so in touch with who I am when I'm writing uh, that I know it's something that I'm called to do. That's the thing that I love the most about writing. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about your entrepreneurial spirit there as you, as you were telling your story. Sure, absolutely. Is that, um, let's talk a little bit about the Start Center. And is, is that kind of what piqued your interest in, in doing something like the Start Center, your own background and kind of your own entrepreneurial spirit and, and how, that, how that went for you growing up? Sure, yeah, you're exactly right. And part of the Start Center story goes back to what I was just sharing a few minutes ago. Okay. If your talents if your talents and gifts aren't engaged in a way that you feel that you can be successful in life, that you are uh, adequate, right, with your peers, then you're going to find other ways to outlet your talents, right? And some of the things that we were doing when we were hustling, as they call it, or selling drugs, we really were being entrepreneurial, right? That's, that's where... I discover my entrepreneurial talent, right? Sometimes that makes people uncomfortable, but that's the that's reality. And I'm not beating up public school or anything like that, but there is kind of a prison to public school pipeline that exists because individuals with certain creative or entrepreneurial talents don't necessarily get engaged. And so going through that experience uh, caused me to realize that there are people out here who have all this great talent and potential within them, and it's not getting out, right? I mean, there are some people who will live their entire life with this thing that they do better than anyone else without trying. It's called a gift. But because they were never put in an environment where they can cultivate the gift, right? It never comes to fruition. Same thing with a great idea, great concept for business, invention, or social cause. Individuals have these incredible ideas that are cooped up inside because they were never put in environments where they... So the Start Center is a, is, was birthed out of that frustration that they're, that they're lacked, particularly within challenged communities, underserved and low-income urban communities. They're lacked a resource and an environment for people to be able to develop their strengths, to develop their skills, and when it comes to starting a business, being able to be in an environment where they can develop the concept. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so that's where the Start Center came from. That's where it was birthed out of my own frustration of one, not being in an environment where I could cultivate my gifts, but two, the, just the, the, the common struggle that every entrepreneur faces when you're trying to do something great. Yeah. I have started and failed at so many different things, but if I would have had guide, more guidance and more mentorship, I can only imagine how much more I could have accomplished along the way. And so we wanted to introduce and establish the SART Center as a viable solution to that, to that challenge. Yeah. yeah. So, so tell us just a little bit about kind of like how the SART Center is working now and, and what, that, what they're doing. And, and as a partnership with Metropolitan Community College, right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah, just tell us a little bit about how that's oh, set up and, okay. and how that's operating and what you're working on right now. Absolutely. You know, we do our classes in 11-week cycles. 
So it's much easier for us. We're partnered with MCC, so we all of our programs and classes are part of their continuing education okay. course offering. So we run all of our classes and programs, most of them, on an 11-week sem semester basis, okay. just like MCC does. Uh, so if a person is a student at MCC and they want and they say, well, let me look at what's offered on our online Con Ed. They can they can see where the Start Center is and click a link and get and apply and, and get signed up. Uh, that's kind of how that process works. So those eleven week programs are broken down into three primary programs. There's a there's a basically a beginners, an intermediate, and an advanced. The beginners is launch. The intermediate is starters, and the advanced is founders. And, you know, simply uh, put, launch is helping people go from idea to launch in 11 weeks. In, in the intermediate course starters, we help people who already have a business grow their existing client base. Uh, we help them get together a plan of execution, a growth strategy, and then in founders, we build on the foundations of launch and starters. Yeah. We help them take their business to the next level by shaping their mentality to go from just entrepreneur but to actual founder, thinking like a CEO and thinking like a manager. And we run those on an 11-week basis yeah. um, every, every semester. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and have you done two semesters of that now? or How many have you done? Uh, uh, you know what? The, the, the Start Center, you know, this is actually, we'll go back to answering your question uh, more, uh, more accurately, started off uh, maybe two and a half, three years ago as a part of another outreach that I was doing and, oh, we, were, okay. and we were doing we were doing it as a as a course that taught leadership and entrepreneurship okay. and those were classes that we did for for quite some time but as we transitioned from that and I began to focus completely on that we began we moved and transitioned to Metro Community College about a year ago now okay. a little over a year ago and the Start Center we've been we've been doing those classes longer than a year but as the Start Center is now fully functional, having different courses and programs every day of the week and being partnered with Metro, um, we're, we're right at a year doing that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so this would be, I think, the fourth semester of doing it and got quite a bit of entrepreneurs we're working with and continuing to grow the, the programs and the, and the classes. Any, uh, I should have I prepped you with this one, so if I throw you off, sorry, but any, any great stories you could tell us coming out of the Start Center, like this one come to mind of someone's business or that you could tell us about coming out of the Start Center? Yeah, you should I'm sure there's you a lot. Me. You're right. And you I forgot to, I, um, but if one comes to mind. Um, gosh, there's, there's so many. There's I'm so sure many. there's a lot. You know, there's one young lady. She has a, uh, a meal planning business. Uh, but the business, she had so many different compartments to it uh, that it was almost like, what do you do, right? And this young lady, uh, her business is called uh, Nutrition Lady. And she does meal planning, and she does paleo. She does all the different, you know, hip new eating things, yeah, fads, yeah, whatever's yeah. going on. But she also was doing like uh, working out. She was doing she was doing so much stuff that you didn't know what she was doing. And th but the thing is, she had like all these clients, and she had all these clients, but she wasn't making any money because. She didn't understand the value of what she had. Mm. She didn't understand that less is more mm -hmm. and more is less. She didn't understand the basic principles of building a core product service offering. Mm. 
then building a revenue model around that, Mm -hmm. determining uh, what is going to be the actual brand of this business. What message are you going to communicate, right? You can't communicate all the stuff you do. Like entrepreneurs, one of the things that it just just wears me out, They they, they do all these things, but you can't communicate all that, right? right? right. You have to pick what the core product or service is, and then as people come and find you and see what you do, you can offer them other things. Sure. So that was her challenge, but you know, I use her as an example because the moment that she came to the Start Center, I would say eight weeks into Starters Academy, which is 11 weeks, eight weeks into that program, um, she had, she had, she had grown her client base. What she had done is cut down her, um, her product offerings, focused on concentrating on the meal planning. And she had started meal planning, and she, by the eighth week, she needed to hire. She needed, she had so much business, she needed to hire two other meal planners awesome. to help her keep up with the business. Yeah. So that, that's one I, um, example yeah. that comes to yeah. mind. Yeah, just has the idea, just needs the mentorship and that's, the that's really That's really what we do. Yeah. The talent is not a question. The ideas or the products is not a question either. It is the matter of, these are individuals that have not been exposed to entrepreneurial training yeah. at any point in their life. Yeah. And no matter who you are, what you do, no matter how ambitious or talented you are, that lack of fundamental training is going to translate over into the direct success of your business. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. Absolutely. All right, so I'm, I'm super intrigued just by your story and as I walk around Omaha, your name comes up so much, which is just awesome. That's great. It's always positive, by the way. And there, there's one negative, but. I was gonna say that's great unless it's not all <laughs> I'm good. I'm just kidding, but. I'm just kidding. That's awesome. But I think a lot I think it's gonna be positive stuff as long as you're not asking uh, my brothers or sisters. Right, 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 right. So I think a lot of people view you as a, as a leader in our community. Um, I know, you know, people like the mayor have reached out to you to get your input and your advice on things. Sure. Um, why, why is Omaha so important to you? Like, why do what you do in Omaha? Why does this community matter to you? That's a great question. And I've thought about that many times. And I have been asked, why don't you, why haven't you left? Why haven't you taken all of this talent and gone somewhere else? Yeah, right. Right? You go to Chicago or LA Close or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the first response to that question is, uh, I did try. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> You're still here. I tried on a couple of occasions. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's all about a call. I'm called here. I'm called to be here. Right? It's, yeah. Yeah. I believe it's in my destiny to serve this city. I'm, I'm endeared to it. Even when I'm not endeared to it, it somehow pulls me back. Hmm. <laughs> and of course, if I wanted to, I could try really hard and leave and stay sure. gone, right? I'm, I, but my whole, my whole, the whole picture in my mind was, I'll try a little bit. If it doesn't work, it's not in my destiny. Hmm. And so I saw very early on, I saw very clearly that it was in, it, I don't, it was in my destiny to be here. I'm here for a reason. And think about it, if all the talent here leaves, then how do we make this a better place? If all of the progressive and innovative thinkers, problem solvers, right, 
um, that, are, that are growing up in this community leave, then the place never changes. So I, I'm just a big believer in, um, you know, you have to make an impact where you are. You gotta change things where you are before you start thinking about trying to go somewhere else and make a difference. So I think that's truly what it is. I, I, deep down, I feel called to it. And if I feel called to it, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. That's good. Well, we're, I'm glad you're sticking around. That's, I'm that's glad good. too. Thank that's you. Good. So, uh, you have the Star Center going on. Uh, you've got your own, your own business you run, writing some books. I could easily look at you and just say, dude, like you got it all going on. You're just going to, sure, you're just going to coast on that stuff, right? And then I hear, oh, Julian's running for legislature. And my first thought is, well, what why is would doing? he do that? Yeah. Dude, you got, the business is good. You're writing yeah. some, like, why would you run for yeah. office? So, uh, Tell us, like, what, what's, what's behind that, and why, why run for legislature? I have this incurable addiction to doing new things, mm -hmm. right? It's the entrepreneur in you. It's an incurable addiction to doing new things. Um, I could give you a very well thought out, politically developed, Right, politically correct answer, because I want to sound like I have it all together, <laughs> but I don't. The fact of the matter is, I am 30. And I know, I'm talking about initially, I'm, this is the initial reason, I know that within me there is so much that I can do. Mm -hmm. And I know that I can serve not just the city, but this state at an extremely effective capacity, an extremely effective way. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, deep down inside, I have this incredible addiction to maximizing what's in me. I don't ever want to be boxed in. I don't ever want someone to just say, he just does this. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is all of us have so much in us I'm telling you, we have so much in us. It's just that we're not told that. We don't come up in environments that shape it. So we, get, we, we end up doing one thing our whole life. You know, that uh, just can't be me, not designed to be me. I think if you ask my wife, she would tell you, Julian has never taken the conventional path in anything. Uh, so that's the initial reason why, right? That's why I'd even be open to the idea. But um, there was a great article um, that the World Herald did of me. I think, was it last year or year before last? Last year. It was a front page story, actually. And from that front page story, I started to get these calls. And people would, 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 would uh, reach out to me or kind of pull me to the side. And they would say, oh, uh, have you thought about running for office? And at first, in, you know, people were talking to me about city council. Uh, but I wanted to influence like actual legislation. Right, I just right. didn't know the difference between <laughs> right. the council being a state senator. So the opportunity to run for state senator was brought to me a little bit after that story ran last year, um, just to kind of wrap this up. Um, and I thought about it, thought about it, I entertained it, and then I said, nah, I don't need to do all that, just forget it. But you know, for some weird reason, and you know, the thing that frustrates you the most is a problem that you're here to solve. Right. I, this, there's a frustration um, within uh, our government, within our state leadership, within local leadership. 
there just began to be a frustration with me and individuals understanding the issues that are driving poor economic conditions for lower and middle class. Mm -hmm. You know, I just saw an article come out that said something about Omaha is one of the best places to live. Right. Well, for who? Right. right. <laughs> because the article just came out that said it's also the worst place for African Americans to live because yes. we have the highest murder. So who are you talking about? Right. Does that make sense? Yes. And I, things like that drives me crazy because it means that the people at our state leadership level don't fully understand this problem. So I kept complaining about it and my wife finally said to me, she said, you know, maybe the reason why you, cause I had, I had reached out to different people, to different leaders, different officials, and I just couldn't get the response I needed or wanted. She said, well, maybe you're the one supposed to bring this, this paradigm mm. to state leadership. Mm -hmm. And so that was the big thing for me. Uh, that made me start to really consider it. And so uh, I would say earlier, the, earlier in the spring, I made the decision that, you know what? I can take the same effective thinking and leadership that I've applied at a grassroots level at the Start Center and in this community for the last almost 10 years, and I can apply it at a state leadership level. And I think I can, I can help move this state forward in a, yeah. in a very effective way. Yeah. yeah. I on my Facebook timeline the other day, those two articles you mentioned were literally like, like right under each other. Oh it my goodness. It was, you know, no Omaha idea. is the best place to raise a family. <laughs> and then the, the next thing was Omaha is the most dangerous place to live if you're African American. And it's not like, that just personifies the, the problem, the, the Absolutely. gap here, right? Yeah. How can you have two national media outlets saying those two things at the same time about the same place. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It is a problem. And it means that you're not including certain people. Right. It, it's, it's, like, it's like saying we're, we're not taking into account this demographic. Right, right. Do you know how that makes a person feel? Makes them feel. Then you wonder why people say black lives matter. Mm -hmm. Because right. it makes you feel like your life why are you dictating the overall? No, 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 no. We're all one state. We're all one Nebraska. Does that make sense? And if North Omaha struggles, then we all struggle. Right, right. That is, has to be the thinking. Otherwise, lopsided legislation is in place. Otherwise, leadership and thinking and ideas that influence policies that govern our state is imbalanced. And we can't have that. We have to have balanced leadership. We have to have balanced thinking that says, you know what? Hold on, time out, time out, time out. This is the worst place for African Americans to live? That's a problem. It should be a statewide initiative to change that, but it's not. I can't sit back and keep watching that. I've been forced to run. I shouldn't have to. I should not have to run, but I've been forced to run because the problem's not being solved. And I can't keep seeing it and watching it and burning, right? Just burning inside for someone to champion the cause. Yeah. I just realized over time, it's me. I've got to step up and answer the call, so I did it. Yeah, and you mentioned to me earlier, it's, you said that word balance, right? It's about having everybody's voice yeah. at the table, represented, all the opinions there, so mm -hmm. that they can be you know, fleshed out, and, and if we're missing one of those opinions, then, then you're just, you got a gap. You're missing a big seat at the table, right? It's I like agree, a, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So everyone's opinion matters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got to be represented. And it has to be represented. Level. Yeah. And we can't just represent 
oh, we got a majority representing this side, and then we don't really have anybody advocating the cause of these individuals down here, so if nobody's advocating for them, really, maybe we don't have to focus on it? Yeah. No. There's national articles saying this is the worst place for an African-American to live. Why is that not a state initiative? Right. Why are you not saying as a state? Right. We can't, this is unacceptable. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And the, and the fact that it is not a state initiative proves that we've got a long road to go in this state yeah. because we truly should be caring about everyone. And I think that, we, I think that it takes someone to, to say this, not to, not to, not to beat up any folks uh, on, that are on legislation that might listen to this. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, I might need some of their support. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but <laughs> where I'm, I think also it takes someone who understands the problem, to be honest. I don't think it's intentional. I never have, and, I, and I, I'll never believe that about Nebraska. I do truly believe this is the good life. And I think people here, and anywhere you are traveling in the world, are some of the most well-intentioned people you can meet. Yeah. I think it takes someone at that level to explain the problem, yeah. that can articulate the crisis and provide a solution. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, think, I think I might be that person. So. Yeah, and I think that's the key there, because it's not only understanding the problem, but sometimes just some of those problems can be so daunting mm-hmm. that it almost just it, it almost just makes you not even want to try because you think it's just such a big problem. Yeah. And, I, and I think for someone like yourself that has the energy, right, and, mm-hmm. the, and the passion to, to roll up your sleeves and fix it and say mm-hmm. this is not too big of a problem. Like mm-hmm. we can fix this problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's inspiring to me. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so tell us and, and all the people listening to this, how maybe we could help support you and, and support the things that you're doing and, and the causes that you're involved with. What, what can we do to bring some support to those things? Well, the, you know, the Stark Center is, is my baby. And it's, uh, it's my baby because it is one of the things that I know that I was put here to do. And I think one of the ways that people can support, uh, first of all, is you know, go online and see what we do. Go read some of the stories of the people that we've helped um, and learn more about what we do and spread the word about what we do. If there are people that you know that need to be empowered, sometimes people are struggling to get a job. They can't find a job. In the time of trying to find a job, develop your gift. Develop that, that idea or that hobby that you've had for so long. You know, refer them to what we do. Um, and talk about it, because you never know who can hear about it, right? We're a 501c3 nonprofit. We, yeah. Yeah. we live and die by the support of our community. Yeah. And so tell people what we do. Sometimes you never know who's in a position to help. And uh, we're an organization that is not fully funded yet. We're still an early stage agency. And so getting full sustainability is important to us. Yeah. And so I think the more that people can spread the word about what we do, one, to help other people take advantage of the opportunity, but also to let others know that we do need support and, and uh, to get other people to support um, would be um, be a great way to help us and to support what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a detail I, I just thought of, I forgot to cover, is you're running for the 13th district 13th of legislature, legislative right? district. Okay. Yep. And where does that cover in our city? Whew. Uh, is that like, that's like... It's weird because it's something? like... Yeah, it's... It starts off all the way down by, uh, you know, 
like right before Carter Lake, okay. like Epley Airfield. Okay. And then you go, and then it cuts off when you get to, uh, no, you know, 30th and Sorensen. Right. And far 30th north as far as Fort Calhoun. Yep. Um, and then as far as, I, I think, uh, you Torsen all the way up to, I think, about 72nd. Okay. Then uh, back east of 72nd. Yep. Or I want to say south of 72nd. Yep. And then as far north as, like, State Street and all those places. Okay. And yep. then we have a little bit of Benson. Yep. And then uh, we're... We're, we're, we start about like 40, 45th and Ames all the way up to about 72nd and military. Okay. So it's kind of, it's one of the larger districts. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of what we cover a little okay. bit. Okay. Cool. So some of, some of this area too, some of Benson's. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. Yeah, right. absolutely. Well, hey, that was most of my questions for tonight. Sure. Uh, I thought I would open it up to our, our friends here with us if anyone had any uh, questions they wanted to ask. Julian, um, you can just you can just shout them out, and I'll, I'll repeat them here so that they're on the recording. But uh, any questions from from you folks for Julian? Don't all ask at once. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Weston. <laughs> That's a really great question. I haven't determined what the specific legislation would be, but in terms of priority, it would definitely be to improve economic conditions for lower and middle class. So whatever we can do, whether it's creating more opportunities for um, minority entrepreneurs, underserved entrepreneurs, or it's just getting better uh, skill set training, job training, uh, better jobs and better opportunities, for lower and middle class. That's one of my uh, main priorities is to improve economic conditions for lower and middle class. Mm-hmm. That's a good question too, by the way. Thank you. Which you're doing right now at the Start Center. Yeah, we're doing it. We're, we're, what we're doing at a grassroots level, we just want, I just wanted the opportunity to do that right. at a state level. Right. But I mean, yep. just to make the point, like, that's not just something you want to do. It's something you you are doing. Absolutely. You know how to do it. You're, you're doing it right now. Micah, that's a good point, too. I think one of the main reasons to go back to that question really quick as to why, why yeah, do yeah. this, it's really, I'm not really doing anything different. Right. I'm, it's, I'm just going to do the same thing at a greater, greater capacity, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Oh, great. Uh, so, can you talk a little bit about the, how that initiative is, is currently being funded? Yeah, what's the resource engine behind uh, the Start Center right now? What's Absolutely. That? That's a really great question. Um, we leverage private, public, and corporate resources in order to fund it. So, that means we're working with the government. That means we're working with uh, private in, in terms of community, in terms of people, and then we also work with corporate sponsorships. In terms of giving, in terms of donating, that is our, that is our main don, donation engine. Okay. Now, the Start Center is unique in the sense that we also um, have developed and created our own curriculum. 
And so with, you talked about my personal business. One of the things that I've done for years in our business is we've cre provided educational services. It was real easy for us to do the Start Center because we know how to develop curriculum. And that's one of the unique edges to what we do. We have a curriculum that is designed not just to tell somebody, here's how you go start a business, here's a name, title, tagline, and go to EIN. We teach people, it's called structured learning, it's pathway learning. Well, we also provide that service. We have different services that we provide to our entrepreneurs, and one of those includes curriculum development, um, not necessarily to the entrepreneurs, but to other organizations. So we have, so our, to, to really cap that off, our, it's two-sided. Uh, we provide business services to our entrepreneurs, but we also provide um, curriculum development services to other organizations that want to create this type of pathway in their city. But on the donation side, we work with government, we work with private, and then we also work with corporate sponsors. So one of our biggest corporate donors, of course, is uh, Scooter's Coffee. Um, they're a huge financial contributor. Uh, MCC, Metro Community College, of course, B2 Interactive, um, uh, which is a digital, leading digital marketing agency here. So uh, we try to work with uh, one of those three pockets um, in, terms of, in terms of donations. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a great question, too. I think you have one more question. Another? Yeah, yeah sure. Please. Sure. Sure. I'm a dead. That's great. I'm answer that question in three quick ways. The first thing is most entrepreneurs think they need money before they need it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we do is we show, we show entrepreneurs how to lighten the load of their costs. So to solve the problem that you're talking about, one of the first things we have to realize is what do you really need money for? Does that make sense? And where can you be resourceful? And where can you, you know, make things work for you in terms of being resourceful in finances? The second part of that is the Start Center is um, a huge advocate for this issue. And one of the things we advocated, you mentioned the mayor, you mentioned working with different city officials. One of the big things that came out of being able to work with the city of Omaha, um, ourselves and other um, uh, community organizations, is the city has unleashed this initiative. It's called the Economic Inclusion Plan. And in that plan, uh, the Chamber of Commerce has taken on this huge, um, this huge initiative to help with things just like that. Our job in the process is to be a pathway to those resources. So at the Start Center, what we wanna do is we wanna make sure people are trained and developed to be able to handle the money the right way. So on one side, we want to help you be resourceful. We want to help show you ways to save money and make your dollars stretch. But also, the, the city and ourselves and other community organizations are working to create those pathways. That question you just asked, if you get some time, if you get online to check out the REACH program, uh, the Economic Inclusion Plan, you'll see a lot of the work that's gone on over the past year from community meetings to uh, preparation and planning and strategic planning, and we played a major part in that. We, we really did. We provided some strategic insight uh, to the mayor and to the city of ways to solve this problem, and, and we're glad that some of those insights are being used. Uh, the last part to answer that question is, 
the long-term, short-term, long-term, I should say mid-long-term for us is to provide those resources too. We eventually want to be able to do that. And one of the ways we're doing that, I have to share this, this is really cool, yeah. is we're working, we're working specifically with uh, Scooter's Coffee to, we'll, we're gonna be franchising actually a couple um, locations which the profits will go 100% into the success of the entrepreneur. So we'll provide That's resources awesome. and we'll provide training. That's awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah. So just wanted to answer that question. And thank you so much too. Those are really great questions. Appreciate the follow-up too. So there's there's people listening to this that maybe are, are small business owners um, that would be interested in helping support the Start Center, get involved. They could contact you and there'd be ways for them to maybe mentor or sponsor or support. Yes, yes, yes. If uh, you're a business owner and you're listening to this podcast, you've started a successful business or um, you've had some measure of success and you want to be able to give back, uh, we have mentor applications. Um, all you have to do is contact us through our website, startcenteromaha.org. That's www.startcenteromaha.org. And if you, so if you want to mentor, reach out to us because we can always use the increase of mentors that come down to the Start Center and coach our entrepreneurs. Uh, but if individuals are looking to start a business, you're looking to grow an existing venture, our, our sweet spot is uh, beginning and early stage ventures, start up in early stage. Same thing, go to our website, go to startcenteromaha.org, look at the core programs that we offer and uh, fill out our application and uh, someone from the team will follow up. And then that, that curriculum that you have there, you can take that other places as well. If, if people are interested, we maybe can. you bring in that curriculum Absolutely. somewhere else. We can, we can, uh, do you mean to, in the city or to other? I mean, wherever, but specifically in the city. I mean, if someone was maybe interested in you or someone from your team bringing some of that curriculum and, and teaching that somewhere else or teaching oh, yeah. that to their team yeah, or something yeah. like if, that? If there is, a, especially within um, businesses that want to introduce entrepreneurial um, mentalities right, in their organization, right. um, we're in the winter, we're starting a program that's called Talent Academy. Cool. And so it's a talent accelerator. It just teaches entrepreneurial skills, entrepreneurial thinking and innovation. So we'll go out to companies or to organizations and work with leaders. And then also other organizations, youth organizations that want us to bring it to them, we'd be willing to do that as well, too. Cool. So, you know, so, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, good. Uh, very important. Those are great questions. Any other questions this evening? Yeah, Weston. Shoot, man. Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a major resource because uh, for some time we've had a mobile office. And so when you have a mobile office, uh, being able to come to places like this and meet clients and work. Before we had our space at Metro Community College, uh, it was a mobile office, period. It was a mobile office. And a lot of the meetings that we did were here. And uh, this has been a great resource to meet with entrepreneurs. Um, you know what? Even some of the biggest supporters that we've got at the Start Center are actually met here through networking. So uh, we, just, we, we, we love Aroma's Coffee Shop and uh, it's become this uh, creative entrepreneurial networking hub 
uh, where you can get great coffee, but also meet great people. And if you're, and if you're, I think this is a great place to come out to, um, you know, consistently throughout the week, even if you have an office, just because of the networking opportunity. So in terms of the networking, um, this has been uh, a tremendous resource for us. And, and we still come here um, and, and uh, quite frequently and, and do meetings and, and things like that. So we're here tonight. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. <laughs> Was there one in the back? Yeah. Yeah, so he was, how does Metro's entrepreneurship program interact with the START Center? Are those the same or different, or how does that follow on? No, that's pretty good. That's a really great question. Um, we're not necessarily a step after or a step before. The entrepreneurial program that Metro already, have, already has uh, focuses on dynamics that we don't focus on. Um, so in terms of um, if individual wants to really get into market research, uh, business plan development and things like that. Uh, that is a really great program and it's all about learning styles too. You know, so someone that uh, learns better in that environment and you're uh, already a student at Metro and you want to start to learn about entrepreneurship, that's a great doorway. What we do at the Start Center is uh, hands-on experiential learning. So our goal at the end of every program is either you're launching a business or you're growing one. Does that make sense? And it's just been kind of this organic pipeline that students that attend uh, the program at Metro, they get a lot of foundational stuff, they get a lot of things they need to do to get in order, market research, um, and then they enroll at the Start Center. And we've had um, quite a number of entrepreneurs that graduated from the program at uh, Metro Community College and then came right over to the Start Center and in 11 weeks launched their business and took straight off. So it's been an organic pipeline. It wasn't necessarily something we intended, but um, one thing I know about Metro and the, and the president of that college, he would have never approved us being there if we couldn't complement what they were doing. And as a result of the natural fit, uh, it's been a great working partnership and relationship. And, and they do a great entrepreneur conference um, every year. And our, uh, uh, quite a few of our entrepreneurs go to that. They get a chance to pitch their business. And so it's just been this dynamic of, of organic relationship building and um, I know uh, this fall, um, not particularly this fall, but in the winter and later on this year, we're looking at um, solidifying and strengthening that pipeline so we can work together with them more. So it's, it's all about different learning styles, but it's also about um, where you are in, in, in time of life because our program uh, is non-credit. So you don't necessarily have to be you know, a student at Metro to take it and those types of things. So um, I think it's a win-win for us uh, because Again, it's a great partnership. It's added so much credibility and validation of what we do. But it also is a, a great testimony to the progressive and forward thinking of Metro to meet the needs of their community in different ways. If they are not doing it through the structured learning they have, they have this extremely versatile, um, non-credit, um, continuing education course offering that they leverage to also serve the community. So it's, a, it's really a win-win uh, situation. And the Start Center is specifically for people that are, have an idea and I'm ready to launch it. 11 weeks from now, I'm gonna have a business going. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're not 
quite ready for that, it might be a better idea to go take some entrepreneurship classes at Metro until you kind of have your idea. I, I would say absolutely. I truly, I would agree. That would be a great thing for you to do as well. Uh, we're working on a kind of a, a uh, pre-launch course. So okay. that's pre-launch institute that uh, we'll be looking at doing in the winter. And we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But I, I definitely would say that that's okay. If somebody is, if you've never been exposed to entrepreneurship at all, because we get that. Sure, and, sure. you know, sometimes individuals that have never tried or attempted, they get into the process and then they're like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> and then they disappear and we never see them again. Yeah. And so we realize that we, we know that, okay, yes, it's launch, it's startup, but um, there definitely needs to be an entry point before launch. And I think the entrepreneurship program at Metro is a very, very good um, option for people to take advantage of. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good question, too. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. Very nice. Wait, great. Good, good questions, everyone. Yeah, great really questions, questions tonight, man. Uh, well, thanks, everybody, for coming out. Julian, thanks so much for spending some time with us tonight. This has been a lot of fun. Super excited to get your story and get the word out on the podcast about what you're doing. Um, with the Start Center, run for legislature. I'm excited about that stuff. And thanks for what you're doing for our community. That most importantly, like, I'm just, I'm inspired by your leadership. I'm inspired by the stuff you're doing. So keep moving forward, man. Thank you. I appreciate it and glad to be here. So, and good job what you're doing with the show. This is a great platform for people to uh, get the word out about what they're doing in the city and in the community. So yeah, yeah. I think great things are ahead uh, with it. And uh, appreciate you having me on and more power to what you're doing, man. Yeah, great. All yeah, right. Absolutely. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Well, there you have it. The third episode of the Gather Omaha podcast. I hope that was enjoyable for you. It was a blast for me to have the opportunity to talk to Julian and get his perspective uh, on the great things happening in Omaha and some of the challenges we have in Omaha, and also to hear a bit of his story and how that plays into the things that Julian is doing today. Uh, if you haven't checked out Julian's books, I really encourage you to do so. Uh, Julian has a great way of just inspiring you and uh, helping you achieve your potential in life. I've read them myself. Uh, they're encouraging to me. I think they would be to you as well. So uh, I will have links on the Gather Omaha page, uh, aromasbliss.com slash gatheromaha, to all of these show notes, to Julian's books, to the Start Center, uh, and what, as well as his run for legislature. So I'd encourage you to go check that out, aromasbliss.com slash gatheromaha, and get involved in the things that Julian is doing. Maybe you felt inspired to help mentor young entrepreneurs and young business leaders. I'd encourage you, reach out to Julian, reach out to the Start Center, contact them, ask how you can help. Maybe you have some resources and finances that you could offer these young entrepreneurs as they start their companies. I'd encourage you to do that. I'd encourage you to get Julian's books, to read them, to be inspired, to start things yourself. And if you are starting something, uh, reach out to Julian and the Start Center. Uh, maybe there'd be some synergy there for you to go uh, start your project, start your business uh, through the Start Center because he has some great things going on there. All right, well, until next time, uh, have a great week. Keep moving forward. Keep doing what you're doing. Make sure you drink lots of great coffee. And we will see you in September for the fourth episode of the Gather Omaha podcast. <laughs> <laughs>